Football Uncensored podcast. I'm your host. Tyler, shut up. That's not how we're going to start this week, okay? Okay. All right. We're eight seconds in, my first interruption. We have some big, exciting news, okay? What's that? Tyler is a daddy. (laughs) Times two. Times two. Tyler had his other kid. Yep. Yeah, I got two kids now, so uh, I'm in the throes of it. We, uh, my son, got a son now. Yeah. Uh, he was born last Thursday, so now we're recording on a Tuesday, a little bit later than we normally would. Would. Um, working off some uh, very low amount of hours slept over the last week or so. Um, Same, bro. Feeling great. Um, I'm ready. I'm caught up. I I missed some information as I. Uh, was in the hospital, but I'm caught up on the activities that went on over the last week. Yeah. Um, some of the controversy surrounding the Let's, SEC. I just want to say so that we, because we had a couple of people reach out and they're like, hey, where's the podcast this week? I'm like, Tyler had an effing kid. So why don't you guys calm down? Um, so no, you but bl- it's like, so you blamed me. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> but it, it's funny too, because like as somebody that like lives 80%, and that's being generous of my entire life on social media where everything is recorded and added and filmed and ball, all this other stuff tweeted about this could not have been a more nonchalant baby. <laughs> it was like, it was like, uh, like I, I got up on Friday and I think I was texting you about something and it was like, probably not important. And, and then I just see Claire on social media holding a new baby and i was like oh shit tyler had a baby <laughs> like, yeah. just, i was like that's why i text i was like did you just casually have a baby last time he's like yeah <laughs> Holden Huck. so what we're gonna do is we're gonna let you guys the audience vote on the middle name um i voted holden hell right tuck or yeah Huck. oh yeah change the last name too <laughs> yeah, change the last name too <laughs> um yeah um, it was pretty nonchalant i i actually um so Wednesday, I at my other job, I was out to lunch at a meeting, and I got a call from my wife. She was like, "Hey, I think this might be happening." And so I had to. I, it was weird. I, I had to leave the client sitting there in the restaurant. We hadn't got our food yet, but we already ordered. So I was like, uh, "Hey, man, I gotta go." <laughs> so, yeah. So I left. Went Did you to stick the up hospital. with the bill? <laughs> no, I, I paid for it before I left. Okay. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the, the due date was July 4th, which I was rooting for, you know, in America, baby. But yeah, um, yeah then uh, we sat in the hospital for about 24 hours, maybe about 30 hours, I guess. And uh, yeah. yeah, the next day, baby was there and it was kind oh. of a, there was a lot going on. So I didn't, I forgot to text you and tell you that I had my kid. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude. That's messed up. <laughs> um, What what did, you know, I, was, I wasn't expecting a text. I just was like, it was just one of those surprising things. I knew the baby was coming, but it was also like, like, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought there was like something else that was like bigger instead of just like, Hey, by the way, we had the kid. Um, but hold on serious question here. Uh, what did you order for lunch? Cause I'm trying to sit here and think like my fat ass is, is, is just thinking about like, what if you stayed for a minute? Like, like if you ordered something good enough that you didn't want to leave, like, I wonder what that would have to be. I actually ran that by my wife on the phone. I was like, so is this like a, I need to leave now or can I sit and enjoy my lunch? She was like, you need to leave now. And I was like, okay. Okay. Um, so what'd you order come though? to find out there was 30 hours in between. I think we probably could have enjoyed the, the meal. Yeah, fucked up. I, yeah. I, it was a, it was a smash burger at uh, a very fond. Uh, I'm very fond of this local establishment, Jekyll Brewing in Alpharetta. Oh, um, they've got great food there as well, coincidentally. And uh, that's, that's cool. what I ordered. And I actually did take it to go though. So okay, I that's ate good. it on my way home. 
Let's then, let's start a GoFundMe for Tyler, not for the baby, but for him to get reimbursed for his almost missed lunch, because uh, it's pretty messed up from Claire. Um, how's how's the mom doing? Mom's doing great. Um, she's now she's off work for three months. So look at her. <laughs> wow, that's really you sound so jaded. <laughs> yeah, conversely, um, good for her, man. Uh, paternity Moms and teachers, is, huh? <laughs> yeah, paternity leave is five days for me. So, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what yeah, I, i'm off work for five days so there you go that's why we're recording today in the middle of the day i don't know when we get to do this which is nice yeah i know all um, right well, let's talk about somebody that's not having a good week and that is this is going to shock you the ncaa yeah <laughs> real 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 winners over there um yeah so i was kind of catching some of this uh second hand i was in the hospital as a as i was in the hospital uh nc state kind of going on a pretty miraculous run over the yeah. last few months um they i don't think they were necessarily preseason favorites to do much even in the acc no um but they had you know they had beaten they had actually beat nc state or i'm sorry they had beat vanderbilt um yeah. and were really kind of making a run at it and they they were given some unfortunate news um, well hold on let's go back let's go back even more um and i'm trying to look up the regionals because they were they were in the same regional as bama right they were in ruston um and I think they were, I think they were the two seed. I'm trying to make sure they weren't like a three seed. Cause that, that would have been ridiculous as well. Um, so I, I believe they were the two seed in that regional. And of course they're not listing it where I'm trying to find it, but, um, but regardless, they end up winning that regional in Ruston, Louisiana, they beat Louisiana Tech, which is a nationally ranked team. They get rewarded by being sent to Arkansas to face the number one ranked team in the country. And, and to put this in perspective, we're trying to have all of this, um like put as much context to this as possible which is something we usually don't do we just usually fly by the seat of our pants well i think it's um, important because this is a very you know, shocker uh any information about covid the ncaa or vaccines yeah. has become very controversial these days so we're trying to and this is going to be controversial as well because i'm yeah. going to defend the ncaa and which just is... hear me out just hear me out on it and let me get there but okay. but like yeah it is i mean i think i'm the only one doing it but, but so um but so, you know, so they get this, they, they end up going to Arkansas, the number one team in the country. And to put this in perspective, I remember looking at the the Vegas lines on this for like futures of who, what SEC teams, what their odds were to win the national championship. And Arkansas was like plus 180. There wasn't another team, I think besides Vanderbilt, that was under plus 600. Like, I mean, they were the overwhelming favorite to win the national title. They beat, they, Arkansas beats uh, NC State 21 to two in game one. 21 to two <laughs> and then they end up losing the next two games in a row and they lose a third one on on a ninth inning home run off the, the best player in, in all of college baseball um just a crazy crazy run and so then nc state gets to the world series and lo and behold now they've gone and they've they so they beat they beat kevin cops like in arkansas at bomb stadium then they go to the world series they beat jack Leiter, <laughs> so it's like through a no hitter earlier this year is going to be a top five pick in the draft and they get themselves in the driver's seat. They are in. They are two and zero, which is where you want to be in a four-team regional. Okay, You're like you are sitting pretty. Take it over. So um, there's a really good article about this on D1 Baseball, um, and they interviewed uh, the guy who's basically the director of NCAA championships. Right. And um, they kind of went over. So to put this into kind of some context here, there since February there have been 64 total national champ uh, championships including this yeah. baseball one 284 total events 130,000 tests administered to athletes right. 
positivity rate of 0.04% among 2,700 teams. So you're talking about some pretty rarefied air here. Um, There's only been two sports, men and women's basketball, that have had uh, championships take place in an actual bubble setting where the NCAA had total control of who's going in and out. Yeah. The rest of those 62 championships, including this baseball one, followed under what they called controlled access, which Omaha, there's 20,000 people in the stand. So. Okay, so but here, here's the thing, though. <laughs> it's, and by the way, like spoiler alert, NC State was sent home from the World Series, which we, yeah. I, I assumed everyone knew, right? Mm-hmm. But, but when you say controlled, what that means is, is that, and I get the Omaha 20,000 thing. I, I totally understand that. But when they say controlled, what they're saying is the, the NCAA came out with 20 like potential regional sites. Okay. For, for like the way the college baseball tournament works is there's 16 regional sites. And then you go down the super regionals, then you go to fucking super duper regionals and you go to super duper duper regional. It's, it's, it's gone on for fucking ever, but you have like regionals it's, it's, you have 16 different sites and usually it's, it's the top 16 national seeds get those spots. Right. We're in a COVID era. Right. So they had predetermined like places to play. So for instance, Virginia, who won their regional against Old Dominion and South Carolina, Virginia was the three seed. And it was, I forgot who the four seed was, but they were playing in Columbia, South Carolina. And South Carolina was a two seed in that regional. And, and Old Dominion was like the, the number one seed. So that's what it means by control. Like they, they had predetermined sites to go to because that, that way they could try to control it as much as possible. Yes. Back to Omaha. So the, the testing process for all of these controlled access events is a two-step process. So every yeah. unvaccinated team member. So here's the big thing. A lot of people are saying, well, and I think you're probably about to make this argument, we should have got vaccinated. And, you know, you could have varying opinions on that. But yeah, every unvaccinated member of a team is required to take an antigen test upon arriving at the championship event. Which and is then not as you, accurate as some of the other tests. Right. It's It's got a higher false positive and false negative rate than a PCR test. Um, and then if you're unvaccinated, you have to continue to routinely, on a scheduled basis, test uh, while you're at the event. Um, right. Every player, coach, anyone in the travel party has to take that antigen test. And then if they test positive on an antigen test... The NCAA knows, hey, there's usually a higher false positive. So we're going to send that person to take a PCR test. And then if you test positive in the PCR test, then you're not cleared and you have to enter into what the NCAA calls blue protocol, which basically means you're not clear to participate. You have to go into isolation and then they begin contact tracing. So, So, right. So what ended up happening is in the way the tournament's set up, again, NC State's 2-0. So they, this was Monday. They, they beat, they, they beat no, no, no. Vanderbilt Monday, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So, but like I, I'm saying like Thursday or Friday when this when this happens, it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever fucking seen, okay? So, and, and I'm, I'm saying this as like, as as somebody that's like been in this specific type of setup, like, you know, trying to get to a World Series and, and playing college baseball, it, it like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this because it's bad enough if you have injuries, right? But basically you have, NC State, you have some positive tests, and they are told they have to sit out a bunch of players, and they didn't say how many at first, but you have this bizarre 2 o'clock game on Thursday or Friday, I believe it was Friday, and NC State only has 13 total players. 13, okay? Usually you have like 35 to 40. 13 total players. But they let them play, right? They let them play. They let them play, as they should have. 
Yeah. They had a they had a pitcher playing first base who this is my favorite thing. They had a pitcher playing first base who had not I how, hit. I love how COVID has just turned sports into like little league games. Dude, right? Like, it's it was ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I hate that they had to go through that. And they held their own really well. They're going up yeah. against Kumar Rocker, who is like you could argue one of the best college world series pitchers of all time because of the, the numbers he's put up specifically in Omaha. Anyway, so they they have a pitcher playing first base. I believe this is true because uh, I, I don't have the, the the box score in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that guy hadn't he hadn't hit since high school, and he went three for three off rocker. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was pretty pretty impressive. But basically, so like NC State just had to win one more game to get to the World Series. Vanderbilt had to win two. And you're talking about like why you're in the driver's seat because NC State's gotten to rest after they were up 2-0. They don't have to go to this like elimination bracket. Vandy now has to use Kumar. They've already used Kumar Rocker. You're probably not going to bring back Jack Leiter on short rest. So you have to use somebody else in your pen. And that that third elimination game is like, you're fucking using everybody. And so now you're at a disadvantage because once you get to the finals on the start on Monday, you have like your, like your pitching staff is running on fumes, right? Mm-hmm. What ends up happening? And I remember I looked at Allie on, on Friday night. I said, listen, we need Mississippi State and NC State to win. And I hate to say that, Vanderbilt fans, if you guys are out there, but I was just trying to have some fucking downtime because this college baseball tournament since the beginning has been outrageous. It is, it's yes. so much more than March Madness than college football season. It's so fucking long. Um, and so I, I, I said this and I wake up and the first thing I see is at 2.10 in the morning, the NCAA has made a, has released a press release that NC State has been sent home from the College World Series because they had enough violations of the COVID protocols. And that's when everything goes to shit, right? And, so, and this yeah. is, I'm not, like, I, when I say I'm defending the NCAA, I, I, it has nothing to do with, I'm not getting on a high horse about people getting vaccinated and how you're dumb if you don't get that, like, like at all, okay? But I, I want to read you something. Um, I want to read you something from, this is this is where we stand with this, okay? Because what ended up happening was, um, you have you have this entire incident uh, with like COVID or whatever. Hold on, I'm trying to find. It. Okay, you have this entire incident with COVID, and it becomes political, right? Yep. And and everyone starts screaming at the NCAA, and I'm on that. I'm on board with that 99.9 percent of the time. However, I'm going to read you a quote from Dan Wolken of all people, okay? That I never thought I would say. Dan Wolken says in this article, this shows you how off the rails this entire thing has gotten when a life-saving vaccine is now assumed to be a part of political polarization discourse. What he's talking about is they interviewed the NC State coach and he says, I'm not here. They asked him like, hey, did, were you, did your players get vaccinated? He said, I'm not here to talk about that. I, I coach baseball. They're like, well, did you... Tell them to get vaccinated. He's like, I, I'm, I, I'm here to coach baseball. I'm not here to, to you know, like, I, I'm here to teach them how to play baseball. And they're like, okay, well, were you vaccinated? And he's like, I'm not getting into politics. I'm here to talk about baseball. And I think that is mm-hmm. such a perfect example of where we are and how fucking like depraved and de-evolved we've become as a society. As what he said isn't untrue of how we view things now. And it right. of like, I'm not getting into politics. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about a fucking global pandemic. Like a global pandemic. And, and, and I want everyone to hear me very clearly when I say this. 
I am not getting into a political argument. I'm not getting into, a, I'm not telling you you're wrong or right or whatever if you got the vaccine or if you believe it's true. I'm not getting into all the numbers or all the, the articles that you have read and, and research or whatever. Because one thing I've learned during all of this, with whatever, whatever side you're on, my God, I didn't know that we had this many fucking armchair scientists in this country. I had no idea. Like, Dr. Fauci, say what you want about him. That man has served multiple presidencies, okay? Like, multiple presidents as a reliable source on, like, on factual medical information. And we decided as a, as a Twitterverse that he wasn't, he wasn't credible. Right? Fraudy, you mean? You mean you talking about fraudy? Exactly. And so, and, and like, listen, I'm not saying that there weren't mistakes made on the way or whatever. I just have a very, I, I just have a hard time believing that the government was out to like get us or something like right. that from either administration. And 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 in the same way, the NCAA, I have a hard time believing as much as they fuck everything up. Okay. I have a hard time believing that the NCAA was trying to take this away from NC State. And now here's why. One, you've, you've, you've posted this entire, this entire thing was grow the sport, right? Like that was their hashtag for this entire grow thing. The grow the sport, grow the game, grow the game. And so you, you know, and, and, and like people, like the college world series, people get really into college baseball, especially in the Southeast. And I understand, I understand the whole thing about, well, they're just giving it to Vandy. They, like, you know, Tim Corbin's been whiny the entire season. He got his way during this and blah, blah, blah. And he was whiny about the COVID thing when they played Tennessee earlier in the year. And I'm not even saying that's untrue. But I don't think that the NCAA, in a time where they are under constant scrutiny and are trying to grow the, grow the game, are trying to take the one Cinderella story you have, like – the one this is butler this is gonzaga before they were number one like this is this is this is davidson with steph curry nc state has gone on a magical run there's no one in the country that's already pulling for vanderbilt mainly because that fucking whistler right so you know i I don't think that the ncaa was going out of their way to ensure an all sec final for one because that's not good for the game and two making sure boring ass vanderbilt who is just involved in every two to one, three to one, one nothing game imaginable is going to grow the game. I, I don't think that at all. That being said, did they handle this correctly by releasing a press release at two o'clock in the morning? Absolutely fucking not. They never, they never handle. And here's the thing is, is, and, and this isn't an indictment on any one administration, but when you rely on a governing body who doesn't typically do these things, like I was okay. always saying when we were having a vaccine problem, I was like, this is what happens when you tell a government to handle a mass right. supply chain issue. You get private businesses who UPS, FedEx, Amazon, who do this shit for a living on a right. day-to-day basis and make billions of dollars doing it. And you let them handle it. And what happened? That that's exactly what happened with vaccine distribution. It fixed itself. The NCAA okay. trying to come up with regulations when they have no idea about right. science, anything like that, they shouldn't be involved. And I, so they were following agree. their own guidelines. And so to that point, the guidelines were what they were. And you know, some of these players decide not to get vaccinated. And, and I understand that a couple of vaccinated players were tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say what you want about that. That's fine. But but the NCAA, it's it, to me, it's about everything they do, they botch. And so it's yeah. not necessarily the regulations that they set up, but it's like you sent NC State out there on a Friday, shorthanded to play in a yep. massive stadium, 20,000 people. 
the that's Shouldn't very fired nice. off that tweet yeah this the survive in advance tweet yeah no i didn't see that i saw the tweet about we had twenty one thousand players here and you're like dude you can't do that yeah because to, to so your they, point they sent a survive in advance tweet of vervandi after they canceled nc state season isn't there a whole 30 for 30 on that for nc state jesus christ okay so but here's the deal here's the deal. like and this is where i'm defending what happened okay i'm not i'm not i'm not defending the ncaa as as like you know what they were right but here's what here's what i'm trying to say because we're so quick to blame the ncaa and, and i am the worst about it 99 percent of the time right they didn't i don't think they handled it the right way they were they were working in you know accordance with like local health bureaus and all that kind of stuff they said they fired off these unbelievably tone-deaf tweets after, after like, you know, sending a team home. Like, we had 21,000 people today. And here's the thing. Healthy young athletes that are playing in a socially distanced game as it is, right? Because yeah. that's the way baseball is set up. A socially distanced game as it is outside. I don't believe they were in any danger at all. In any oh. danger at all. But but here's, here's, here's well, my point. Go ahead. Yeah, well, keep in mind, too, that after all this there was never first of all they never put any public info out there like they just remained right. quiet which makes it even worse well you can't and then and but no not like um they, they didn't like expound into like why weren't they quarantining yeah. vandy players and coaches who were around the they, did they test positive yeah because because here's here's the thing though we everyone wants to talk about how like they they specifically did this to nc, NC state Every other team went through the same exact protocols. And, and this is this specifically, finally, 30 minutes into this is where I'm going to defend defend what happened. Because I, I'm, I'm telling you, as somebody that is in, in 2006, we were the number one team in the country and, and should have, in my opinion, by all means, won the national championship. We, when we you were, say we, you're talking about Bama because we're a Bama. I'm talking about Georgia College <laughs> State <laughs> University. We, we had an incredible team. We had eight kids on the team go play professional baseball. We, we were we were a very good baseball team. We lost in the last game of the super duper duper regionals to get to the College World Series. As a as a college baseball player, especially when you had a year taken away from you last year, as and a college athlete in general, but a college baseball player specifically, think about all the shit you have to do. You have 5 a.m. workouts that you don't want to get up for, like you know, running until you fucking throw up, 8 a.m. classes, study hall, everything you have to do is scheduled out for you and a lot of it you don't want to do right but like but like and i'm not saying like the life of a college athlete is that hard but it's difficult i mean it, it sure as shit is difficult and you have all of this stuff you don't have to do and, and then you have all of these things that you put your fucking body through and and you do that with one goal in mind and that's winning a fucking championship right like that is the goal of every single college athlete that steps onto a field a court ice rink i don't know like whatever <laughs> cheerleading mat i don't know but every single one that is the goal that is the fucking goal of every athlete right i want to win a championship and you do everything in your power to win a championship again these 5 a.m workouts where you're running until you're throwing up and lifting weights and doing all this shit putting your body through the rigors if i've done all that to get to here I'm telling you personally, I'm probably getting the shot. Right. If that's the easiest thing, that seems like the easiest thing to do. Now, a lot of the players didn't get the shot. And I understand why also, because they didn't want to have a bunch of side effects, which were definitely happening. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's completely everyone's choice. I, that's totally your choice. And I'm not judging you for it. I'm just telling you for me as an, as an athlete, who's already done all of these other things, the shot seems like it would be the easiest to, to take care of. 
and maybe you're out for a couple of weeks and what the NCAA may should have may have done or what they should have done maybe is like we're going to we're going to take a week off in the season like you don't have to play this weekend like like we're going to buy weeks or whatever that way people can afford to get the shot maybe mm-hmm. that's what they should have done right yeah but here's the other thing you know going into this you know the protocols you know the guidelines you know the testing schedule you know the the consequences of what could happen and the NCAA is in charge Okay. The NCAA who fucks up everything is in charge and you let them take this away from you. And what I mean by that is you went into it knowing that a a governing body who has been nothing but notorious for screwing everything up that they touch, you let them be the, like the final judge, jury, executioner, whatever you want to say in making this decision. I used to get in trouble a lot as a kid in school because I would talk too much, which I know is shocking. Like I know is shocking or being like, you know, acting out or doing like saying sarcastic shit back to the teachers. And there were, there were specific teachers that thought it was funny or didn't get me in as much trouble because they were fine. And there were other teachers that were like, if you say one word, you're going to the principal's office, you get suspended, whatever. Right. There were certain teachers that liked it. There's certain that other that didn't. And I remember getting in trouble with all of them and in my, and telling my mom, I was like, I don't, I didn't do anything. Well, I, like, she just overreacted or whatever. It was like, why'd you put yourself in that situation? Okay. Like in the same exact way, why did you ever let it get to this point? If you're an athlete that's worked this fucking hard to get to this point, I'm not letting the NCAA take this away from me. Like, did they handle it correctly? Absolutely not. But you let it get there to this point and it didn't affect any other teams. Every other team knew what was the, what, what was going on and didn't get in trouble for it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the NCAA, NC State coach say, I'm not here to talk about politics. This is where we're at as a country where we, we you had control, of, you, you were in control of what you could be in control of, right? The NCAA didn't single out NC State to, to ruin their season. You let them make that choice because of your choices that led up to this. And that's what breaks my fucking heart for these kids because it's like, this is an entire lifetime. Did the NCAA make the right decision? No, but you let them get there because you didn't take care of A, B, and C before you you uh, like were at this point of the season. And that's that's what sucks because now you're gonna have an entire life of like wondering what if, right? You're gonna be sitting there for the next 15 years doing a stupid podcast that you know it has like marginal success and and being engaged for three to four years instead of actually getting married that that's your life now nc state i'm kidding you'll get over it (laughs) oh man well you know what this this isn't gonna be the first time we see this because i I got news for you um you know even though it seems like things are all hunky-dory right now like the covid numbers are going to come back in the fall um because there's not enough people that are vaccinated and you know they're it, this is a theme. I, I work with younger folks at my other job. None of them are getting vaccinated. Do you call them younger folks? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I call them like, you know, I like Gen Z type. I can't think of words that would make sense for Gen yeah. Z. But what up, bro? None of them want to get it because they've all had COVID and they didn't yeah. get sick. And so they don't see the point of then getting the vaccine, which if I was 2018, maybe I could see yeah. myself making that same decision. But you're, you know, you're starting to see it in the NFL. You're, you're getting guys like, and you know, frankly some of them look ridiculous like cole beasley but like cole beasley and sam Darnold, and there's a bunch of guys in the nfl that are younger guys that are saying look mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like i need the vaccine um that's kind of the mindset of younger 
college age, early 20s kids right now, and I don't want to generalize, but you're seeing that a lot. That's going to happen in college football too, by the way. Yeah. And so you, I think you're. it's not going to be the perfect college football season that we all hope because you're going to see this happen in college too. Yep. And uh, let me ask you this because – Right now, as of recording, Vanderbilt leads the series against Mississippi State 1-0, one one away mm-hmm. from their third national title, second in a row. Um, let's say, what what happens if Vandy tonight, nothing, right before the game, oh, has eleven positive? Does Mississippi State just win the title? I don't know. I don't know. And listen, it they would do be that with poetic the justice. Change the rules and say no. We're going to delay this. Because that's we, that's a great question, and if they do, then that that, that shatters everything I just said about the NCAA. Right. And and I, and I we will we will have to, uh, to re-record me just saying I was wrong, and and like and that can a thousand percent happen because we've seen their track record. I totally agree with this, but like yeah. I just you know what the other part of this too that that no one seems to understand it outside of Nashville, okay, is I understand what NC State beat them one nothing, right. They beat Jack Leiter, who's a top five pick in the NFL draft or NBA in MLB draft. Okay. <laughs> we'll get that. But here's the thing just because they were up 2 0 in that series, Vanderbilt is the defending national champion. They have an incredible, incredible team. They they were a number four national seed. They're the highest national seed still in the in the league. They have not one but two pitchers that are ranked in the top five of the projected major league baseball draft. I understand that you beat Jack Leiter and you could pin, you put that fucking feather in your cap. Sure. You beat him one, nothing. And he struck out 15 of your players. So I'm, I, I just don't understand why we like these shirts that have come out, like NC state national champs. I feel like that's a little bit of like a rush to, to not judgment, but like, what are, what are we doing here? This is, it has a lot of a UCF feeling to me from 2017. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't think that just because, they had this taken away from them in quotes. They were good. They were necessarily going to win the national championship. I, I don't know if that means they were going to beat Mississippi state. Who's another fantastic program. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit off, off base as well. I just, I hate it for them. Cause it is, it is a great story. And they, in the NCAA, again, they've handled this wrong. <laughs> two, <laughs> two 10 in the morning. What are y'all even doing up? So it should be interesting by the time this comes out. I, I think it'll be out before uh, the the second game is played. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, who are you pulling for? Uh, you know, I'd like to see it go three games, right? I mean, um, yeah. it, it sounds like the crowd out there in Omaha is about eighty percent Mississippi State fans. And look, they got off to a great start yesterday. First inning, they get a home run from Cameron Jones off Jack Leiter, and then. Vandy comes back and scores seven in the bottom of the first. Yeah, pretty without much recording it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they, they're up against it, Mississippi State. Um, did I see something that they've never won a national title in anything? Mississippi State? Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's, it's tough. I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. Well, and it, I tell you what, man, like that, that is a program. Like Starkville – I've never been to Starkville, but I've been to Macon, Georgia, and I feel like it can't be bigger than that. And so I just, I like, I don't know what all could be happening in Starkville, but my God, they've got a baseball program there, right? Like this is like their third straight college world series appearance, something like that. Like they, they are, you have like the dude, like that stadium, that stadium is incredible. Um, so I just, I, it's a great program and and you want to see them break through same as Arkansas. Like you want to see those programs break through at some point because they've done such an incredible job of building them up. 
I hate it. I hate it for where they're at, but you know, it's not, it's not over. Everyone in the country's pulling for you. Everyone in the country. This is like, this is like Dak Prescott, tw- like October of 2015. Everyone in the, or 2014, everyone in the country is pulling for you. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall see. Um, Chris, we are getting close to what we all want. This is a football podcast after all. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting into July, which to me really begins the countdown to college yeah. football. And um, we're starting to get a couple headlines that may affect on-field play. Um, yeah. Taking it down to Baton Rouge. Um, projected junior left tackle, projected starter, Dare Rosenthal from LSU, is now in the transfer portal. Now, it's, as of recording today, it's not officially showing up in the portal, but everywhere, um, 247 rivals, all those are, are reporting yeah. that he is uh, mm-hmm. expected to be in the portal. Um He's started various games over the last two seasons for LSU. He was suspended last season for a violation of team rules, which kept him out for about a month. It seems to be kind of what is happening here as well. Sounds like he was given every chance to stay on the team, just couldn't make it work. Yeah. You know, there's rumors out there, obviously, um, what this could be. What are the rumors? Sounds like it's weed, Chris. Marijuana. (laughs) Who cares? That's what I think. Apparently, LSU has a ridiculous policy about weed. Um, but, but again, this is, this it's is not anything else exactly what we just talked about with the NCAA. The policy is the policy. You got to follow it. Yeah. So if you don't, you're going to get in trouble. And from all reports, you know, he had had a great summer at LSU. Big knock on him was he was overweight. He was getting into shape this summer. Um, so this could be a potential big blow to, to LSU. Um, yeah. Cam wire sounds like he's the replacement. He, he replaced him last year when he was suspended. Um, and they've got about a month to figure this out, but he, you know, Baylor may be on the list, you know, former LSU defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda is the coach there. Also um, the guy who recruited uh, Rosenthal to LSU is there as well. So it sounds like that might be where he's going yeah. potentially Kentucky who, you know, Kelvin Joseph had a similar path yeah. by the way. I think he had some issues um, went to Kentucky. Now he's in the NFL was a top three pick top three round pick so yeah. lsu has a month to figure it out but you're getting into crunch time camp starts for most folks in about a month or so um yeah. and so see i don't know how big of a loss it is for him only because of the fact that like he was suspended for most of the season right if yeah. you get in trouble like tom luganville <laughs> commented on this yesterday and it was like because he's he's had issues with like he got suspended before and then he got suspended again and Tom Lugaville had the, the tweet that he's like, sounds like he's good at one thing. And and so I like I don't know anything about the kid. I don't know. I'm sure there's like, you know, there's always more to the story and stuff like that. Um and he's talented. I mean, he came in as a yeah. D lineman. He he registered uh his first year to make the transition to O line, but that twenty nineteen team that was all world, I mean, he started a few games that year. Yeah. Well, if uh, you're starting to left tackle in the SEC anywhere, you're yeah. So, I mean, not exactly the news that you want to receive as an LSU fan. Um, And Cam Wire could be a decent replacement. They've also got a really highly talented early enrollee, Garrett Dellinger, that that could step in. You know, a lot of people are thinking maybe Cam Wire will start and then Dellinger maybe when he's physically ready to compete in the SEC may step in uh, because he's the ultimately more talented player. But it's not something you want to see as an LSU fan about, you know, a month before camp starts. Right. Yeah. That's fair. 
So I think, you know, as we get into, and I want to say July 1st might be the last day you can enter into the portal and still be eligible for this upcoming season. So you may start to see over the next right. day or so um, some some names dropping Dude, in the last minute. The next several days are going to be fucking wild in the NCAA because you have two days left in the month, right, Until and before July 1st. Um, July, 4th, or July 4th on a Sunday this year, that sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. Um, but you have two days left in the month and you also have July 1st being the date, the deadline for that NIL law. I know. And, and you had like, you saw it yesterday, like the state of Ohio, like rushed <laughs> through it. They were like, <laughs> okay, uh, we have to get this through. We have to get this through, which is big shock because it's, it's the state of Ohio. But yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff uh, going on here. We, we have, um, kind of a fun little argument we can have here in a second, um, about the the this this is on twitter yesterday this is by a group called college football nerds and i thought this was like a pretty pretty fun argument because we talk about our favorite stadiums yeah and favorite we talk atmospheres. About, yeah and so somebody said what are the top five worst stadiums and i i love the way they phrased this because they said the worst big stadiums in quotes and not like big 10 because i have a full power ranking of those um but like what are the worst big stadiums and they mean specifically over eighty thousand capacity which there are 18 in the country and and i thought it was interesting to see like some of the answers here because um i right off the bat i said michigan and notre dame and my exact tweet was if i wanted to see a, a giant bowl with zero excitement i would go to my aunt's tupperware party i just it, it looks awful in my opinion but <laughs> but so here i'm going to tell you the 18 and i want to hear what your opinion is on it because um I think there was a lot of different answers and it, it wasn't like one overwhelmingly, you know, like one overwhelming favorite answer, but there was a lot of different ones here. Um, so these are the ones over 80,000, South Carolina, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Clemson, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Auburn, Florida, UCLA, uh, that's the Rose Bowl, obviously, Georgia, Texas, Bama, LSU, Tennessee, A&M, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Out of that group, what would be your least favorite? So I've been to, I was jotting these down as you listed them. I've been to six of them. That's cool. Clemson, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee. Um, I think I've told the story before about my trip to the Tennessee, Oklahoma game. It, the details are foggy, Chris. Yeah. Um, I don't remember being, um, totally like turned off by a new one stadium. Right. Um, I remember it being massive. Um, I want to say that's probably the biggest stadium I've been to out of the, these. I, they probably yeah. have the biggest capacity. Um, and I remember that being like just being almost bewildered at how many people were in that stadium. Right. Um, it sounds like we were talking before the podcast that people's complaint about Neyland is that there's like it's there's not a lot of seating that's like comfortable. It, so everything I've heard about Neyland, and, and to be honest, as somebody that's like in currently in a Twitter war, apparently with Vol Twitter, I didn't know this, but like. I think Neyland looks pretty state. awesome. It's a, it's a constant, constant state. state. It's just it's a revolving door of who's, who it's with. No, so I, I actually think that Tennessee, like Neyland looks awesome. Like it's right on the water, which I think is very unique and really cool. Um, and, and maybe it's just because I felt like, you know, majority of my Saturdays growing up in the 90s, it seemed like that was the CBS game of the weekend. It just always seemed like a really cool, like like perfect fall weather. Um, I, but the, the argument I've always heard is that one, the seats go straight up. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's like, you cannot be drunk in the upper deck. <laughs> like it's That's like how Clemson big. is. Oh boy. I've never been up there in the upper visiting deck. Visiting upper deck of Clemson is, and I was heavily intoxicated at the game yeah. I was at. And I was still a college student, so you can imagine that. Um, right. 
that was insane. But but the inside of Clemson Stadium is awesome. I mean, you've been there. It's the hill. Yeah. It's, it's cool. So, and yeah, I mean, it's great. Tennessee, I mean, look, there, there's a lot of, you know, and some of these stadiums I've been to before, a lot of like real heavy money started coming into college football where these right. programs are doing massive upgrades to their stadium. But I mean, a lot of these college stadiums, there's not like the outsides are a lot cooler than the insides. That's fair too. Yeah. You know, like that, um, that's probably Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. And I've heard um, from some folks who went to the Florida State Notre Dame, Notre Dame game a couple years ago that Notre Dame is actually an awful stadium. So they're on. It looks like shit. It, yeah. Like it's, it is, it looks like the most boring, even the end zones. I, I used to think that was cool when I was growing up. And now you're like, oh, yeah. God, it's just, just a, diagonal yeah. lines. <laughs> yeah. Why? Do what anything happened? Like that. we got a park there. Like what is happening here? Yeah. So I, I, I think that I, I, I kind of like to see, I, I tell you one, like looking at this, um i thought bam was nice i mean i saw the the post you put on the perfect (laughs) i saw the post perfect i'm just saying i saw the uh, post you put up on the sds instagram and you know you're just going through the comments and it's of course okay you know you you see people in there as an unbiased person i hate uh Bama, and it's like you go, you click on their profile, and it's like Auburn grad, two thousand. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's just yeah, that's how social media is now. Like yeah. people, people always take stuff personally, which is fine. Um, I, I think, I think Texas looks awesome. I love Sanford. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about about A and I've heard nothing but good things about A and M, and they yeah. just recently put like you know in the last decade like seven hundred fifty million dollars into that. Jesus. Heard nothing about good things with Penn State. Um, I can tell you firsthand, LSU is amazing. It, it's mm. a great set. The, the that is actually, number one on my bucket list. If we the, get to travel this, we're gonna go this year. Game. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's but where I want to go. Me and Mickey Sherman, it's gonna be great. We'll see Sean Larkin, Nick Halby, all those good guys. But like LSU is so like efficient in the way that you like where each like bathroom is set up and like where at least from what I remember when I was also intoxicated. But uh, <laughs> trying to do a Facebook Live, it did not go well. But no, like there's there's like there's so many different portals to get out into like the concourse, or instead of you know some stadiums, it's like you have like like the dome like mercedes-benz even you have four entrances and you're like what so everyone is like it takes forever to get in um so i notre dame michigan obviously my least favorite i'm gonna tell you one that i'm surprised i'm saying but i'm gonna say it anyway and i like being in the stadium but williams bryce is on here for me strictly because it is the hottest place on earth and, and for the first time ever, I had this experience last year. And then I didn't realize that it was like notorious for this. Tyler, it, it took me and Allie well over an hour and a half to get out of williams Bryce. And I mean, like, in like the traffic that's going out of williams Bryce, there's yeah. like, there's like two, two roads. And so it's like, and they're, and they're both one lane. And it's not like there's back roads because that's one of the roads. It, it's awful. It's that's absolutely how Clemson awful is to get too. in there. Yeah. yeah, Clemson. So I don't know if it's changed, but because the last time I went to a game there was Labor Day 2007. So it's been a yeah. while. But there was one road in and one road out. And yeah. we had to sit, after taking an L, had to sit in that parking lot for like four hours waiting to get out right. of there. And it was like, you know, it was a it was a Labor Day game, so it ended at like midnight. It was awful. I mean, that yeah. part of it was was terrible. Um, Williams Bryce also though is like, it's it's kind of cool and like unique. Just with like it has like those lights that are very recognizable, right? And then they, they mm-hmm. had like the sandstorm thing is is awesome. Um, so it doesn't have like this the, the concourse is like a oh in the end zones. Two, 
Yeah, yeah. Type D. Um, I don't know if that's like the I actual t- term for it, but yeah. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I will say out of the ones I've been to, and I, I don't want to seem like a hater, but I, my least favorite was probably Auburn. I didn't find anything to be like, and and, we're, and again, we're not talking atmosphere here because I, I yeah. think the the War Eagle thing is cool. Um, the stadium but, itself uh, looks pretty stupid. It, it's just there's not like a lot of like appeal to it. There's not. It doesn't stand out over something else. It doesn't. There there wasn't anything like. There's only one upper deep. deck, right? I think I, I can't. only. I think only one. I'm gonna look it up. Um, you know what it reminds me of is is uh, and this is this is odd because um, I, see when you I'm glad you said the the atmosphere thing because no there's two there's two upper decks um on each side okay yeah so for me it doesn't look like, right that's it doesn't look like it's anything super special and what it kind of reminds me of is Legion Field just from like it's like a plain big bowl and then they added on like the upper deck mm-hmm. and they added on another upper deck but at the same time um that can't be right that's not the right one Hold on here. I, and I'll and and I I, I want to reiterate that I'm not being a hater because I'll be the first to admit and Florida State didn't make this list because we we reduced our capacity. Yeah, um, it is. But it's a, just a straight up just bowl. There is no decks. Right. It's it's your bleachers throughout. It's not. There's no. They just added some premium seating for for a club level, but no one sits in them because the club level it's like there's a bar inside. Way so in the corner of the, the end bar. zone. So um, that's one of the things that actually that they're going to be changing over the next few years. They're going to yeah. totally redo the seating, but it's like one of the worst insides of a stadium I think you could possibly yeah. have. <laughs> and other people said that too about Doke. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and so, and, and I was way off about the the upper decks thing. I don't know how I missed that, but but I will say about Auburn when Auburn like when Auburn's rocking, like when you got like swag surf going and 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 you know whatever like when the cam newton era when they had the the one year when they had the um all, all i do, I do is, is win, win yeah. like it, it looks pretty awesome like I, I would hate to be there after like a kick six for sure but like <laughs> um but it does look pretty awesome so yeah to anyway. be fair i did go to a like nine to two tennessee noon game uh, at auburn it was the worst game i've yeah. ever been to um so okay. that probably had something to do with it even though i yeah. clearly just said that it's not about atmosphere sometimes it can get you to skew your opinion on it that's fair very stadium. honest of yourself um okay let's close with um we get we, we want to save the phil Steele uh quiz yeah bowl. let's yeah when we start doing some previews of some teams we'll get into some phil Steele stuff yeah um let's do a quick drunk history here and uh we had some really good uh wait seven days and years released an episode what um i'll let you choose since since you had a kid this week um thanks man some of the options here i I thought this was the best like um how about all the times an sec team has been put on probation and what it was for (laughs) that that would take a minute but i think that would be (laughs) really fun um what was okay so so noah sims i feel like we picked a bunch of his uh several times but he said and this would this would be kind of quick. What was what about the Mike Price kerfuffle? You know, you can't hate on Noah Sims for picking great topics. I mean, right. we're gonna he's an Auburn his... fan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know too much about Mike Price, so you might be able to fill me in there. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, <laughs> we'll game time. Here we go. So people always say this about Bama fans, like, oh, y'all don't y'all don't even work. Weren't even fans before Saban, like to the group that wasn't. 
like good for you. So here's, <laughs> here's the, here's how the program, like the state of the program was when Mike Price came in. For, you had Eugene Stallings, who won a national title, goes out like we had a 10 win season in 1996, hands the reins over to Mike Dubose. They go four and seven the following year. They go seven and five the year after in 1998, including a 38 to seven loss to Virginia Tech in the like Music City Bowl or some shit. Um, 1999, they go 10 and three and they win an SEC championship. They go to the Orange Bowl. They beat Florida twice. Okay. They beat Auburn and Jordan Hare for the first time ever. It was an incredible season, despite losing to Louisiana Tech at a game I was at. So they, they go into the 2000 season, ranked preseason number three. You guys have heard me tell us a bunch of times. Preseason number three behind like Nebraska and Oklahoma or some shit. They go three and eight. <laughs> they go three and eight <laughs> after being ranked third in the country. Three and eight. <laughs> Terrible. Awful. Mike Dubose comes out. And, he, and Mike Dubose is like the most schlubby, fat, like just there's no attractive qualities about him. Okay. And he he has an affair with his his like assistant in the office like of his like you know his football offices and it it gets released and so instead of firing him midseason they let him finish out the year which is like you have a coach that has embarrassed the program on the field and off it and you get to sit here uh, just sit through the rest of the year it was fucking miserable it was awful they got beat by central florida that year um it just terrible so in 2001 they hired TCU coach Dennis Francione. And Dennis Francione is this like kind of nerdy sounding guy, but he's all in like schlubby, but he's also a good football coach, right? At the time, he, he thought he was a great football coach. And he said all the right things. He said all of the right things. Dennis Francione comes in. And I remember him saying this at, at, at they had game day against, they were playing UCLA first game of the season, 2001, first game of the, the Francione era. And we're there. And I remember him saying, like, you know, what's the plan for tonight? And he said, 745 kickoff, 744, lock the gates. No one gets out, but like, you know, but bam or something like that. And I was like, let's go. We lose that game too. So you see, like, so it's like, so you have these two seasons. And then he then he's there in 2002. And in 2002, Bama wins 10 games. They're on probation. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they barely lose to Georgia by two points, right? They, they, and they're like a really, really good football team. And then they go play Auburn, right? And keep in mind, I watched the Auburn game from 2000 when they lost nine nothing in 33 degree weather and it was raining the whole time. They go to 2002. Carnell Williams is out. Uh, Ronnie Brown is out, and Auburn is starting a fourth string white running back named Trey Smith, and they lose 17 to seven to Auburn. Oh my god! And it was like we're watching it. We're like something's up. Like something's up. Like this, this, this should not have happened. They're a really good football team. They were ranked in the top ten at times throughout the year. Come to find out, <laughs> he announces like the next day he's going to Texas A&M. And hey, that already, happened to me too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he's and he's saying all of the right things immediately. He's like, because because he's like Alabama's a dream job. I'm never leaving here. Blah blah. blah. They introduce him as the head coach at A&M. He's like, A&M's a dream job. I'm never leaving here. And he opens up with like howdy and a thumbs up. It's like, fuck you, dude. So Alabama is sitting here without a coach, coming off a 10-win season, and they've got Brody Croyle at quarterback. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay? I actually He's went a to a game. I went to a game in the Brody Croyle area, era Did you? In, in Tuscaloosa. I think they might have played. No, they played Mississippi State that game. Okay. Same so, colors. I was thinking it was Texas a but they weren't in the yeah. SEC. So. We're in the Brody Coral era. Yep. And Brody, and, and this is this was a big thing for Bama fans because you had a five-star quarterback who was one of the 
top players in the country. I think to this day, he's still their, top, their biggest recruit ever or something like that. And Brody Coral decides to stay home. Okay. He's going to, he's going to stay in Tuscaloosa. He's going to play at Alabama. He had glimpses in 2002. I'll never forget his first pass. He, it was like five yards overthrown. It was, it was like a 10 yard dig route. And, and my dad was like, you see the, you see the velocity on that? Bench him. No, no. He was like, that's the hardest, that's the hardest football I've ever seen thrown in my life. Um, so you had this quarterback and you had like some decent receivers and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, we we're going to go out and we're going to go away from the norm. We're not going to get a defensive coach. We're not going to get a guy that's going to run the football. Cause Dennis Franchione was running the fucking option at times. Okay. All right. Like, which is like in the two thousands and in the sec, especially it was very weird. They get Mike price. Mike price is the head coach at Washington state from 1989 to 2002. While he's at Washington state, uh, he was there for 14 seasons, had an 83 and 78 record. He had three 10 win seasons, right? His last two 78 seasons, is not that good at all. No, but he's at Washington <laughs> state. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that stadium has 33,000 people. Um, his last two seasons at Wazoo, he combined for a 20 and five record. He's okay. 13 and three in the pac 10 in 2002. They were seven and one of the conference. They advanced the Rose bowl where they lost to Oklahoma, but they got to go to the Rose bowl. And I'll never forget this. Two Bama fans go to the Rose Bowl and as he's walking off the field, hold a banner over the exit and says, welcome to Tuscaloosa, Mike. And it was like, like the, the Mike Price era is about to begin. We got Brody Croyle. We got it like, cause all Mike Price did was throw on fucking everyone. He, he had, he was the national coach of the year in 1997. He, he, he had uh, some of the greatest players in school history. He had quarterbacks like Drew Bledsoe and, and Ryan Leaf, who in college put up incredible numbers. Um, it just it like, <laughs> listen to this. Here you go. Prior to his departure, he signed a five-year contract uh, with incentives that exceeded $900,000 at the time in his final season at Wazoo, which was different than his first contract in 1989, where he was being paid 75 grand. <laughs> so, in December of 2002, he's hired at the University of Alabama, and everyone's excited. Okay, Price was at Alabama in the spring of 2003. We had a, a spring game, Brody Croyle. We're going five wide. Everyone in the country's excited. There's shirts everywhere saying "I like Mike." Okay, they're probably recycled from the Mike Dubose era, but I like Mike. Every everyone's in. In May, <laughs> so he's there for less than six months. He goes out to Pensacola, Florida, which is he's playing in a golf tournament with SEC, like the one they have now at like Lake Oconee. Mm-hmm. They have it in Pensacola, Florida. He goes down and he is playing in a golf tournament. He had about a thousand dollars charged to his room by an unknown woman that was apparently staying in the room. He also had several several incidents where he was uh drinking in campus area bars into the early hours of the morning in tuscaloosa mike price hired a hooker to go to his room at a golf tournament featuring all sec coaches like i the balls to do this is unreal that's that's hugh Hugh freeze level balls there yeah and and he was subsequently fired immediately <laughs> bama scrambles and hires don shula's son mike shula former quarterback in the 80s another mike another mike you got to keep the shirts you got to keep the shirts <laughs> maybe that was their thinking 
<laughs> yeah, it probably was. We already got all these fucking shirts. What are we going to do? <laughs> so they end up and they just they just they just dive deep into the waters of me, like not even mediocrity. I mean, they went. They what was went the forward. what was the low point for the four one season? Well, the low point was two thousand dollars. The low point was also having your head coach leave for Texas A&M, lose to Auburn with a fourth string white running back, and then have a new coach come in and never coach a fucking game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went four and nine uh, the following year. I mean, this is in the midst of you, you lose six straight to Auburn. Um, you had lost. I'm trying to think if it's 2000 to 2004, you had lost eight of nine or nine of 10 to Tennessee. Um, Isn't that crazy to think about? Like that, this seems unfathomable now. Yeah, it's nine that's of ten. What, they lost nine of ten. That's what gives me hope about Florida State. You know, I'm glad this this tale could bring you hope. <laughs> but that that was the story of Mike Price. This is a guy. I mean, you think about it. Like we've seen it before. Mike Leach coming to the SEC, but like a guy that his overall record, you're right, was terrible. But ends up having, like, I mean, several first round picks. One of them had success in the NFL. Like like I mean, five wide throwing the ball fucking everywhere, and and he hired a hooker, and she was not attractive. Uh, she was oof. so anyway that's today's show <laughs> i love that that's a great that's a great tale thank you yeah. and it's given me some personal hope so hey listen that's gonna be the episode today thank you everybody we are getting close guys we are almost in july in fact maybe just maybe we'll drop an episode right when july hits how about that yeah maybe love we'll it. uh and we are getting into preview season yeah some teams some games my personal favorite number one game I'm looking forward to is Liberty and Ole Miss for Can't the obvious reason. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. If you could go to Apple Podcasts, rate five stars, share with your friends. We are trying to get this thing to the next level so Chris and I can get on the road. See you guys at some stadium yeah. this fall. We are vaccinated. I'm just gonna drop it right there. It's a HIPAA violation. <laughs> thanks, dude. You shouldn't have said that. No, <laughs> uh, but we appreciate you guys, uh, especially this episode. I know there's a lot of stuff that like is triggering to people. Yeah. Um, we love all you guys and uh and we appreciate the support and all that kind of stuff and can't wait to get to actually talking about football, football stuff uh coming yeah. Go go on to Twitter at CFB underscore uncensored. Uh share your opinion on what you should we should do for drunk history, maybe on what is the worst stadium, uh big stadium yeah. you've been to. Hey, give us your opinion on vaccines. No, I'm just kidding, don't do that. No, do not. I'm not <laughs> doing that. No. All right, for Chris Mahler, I'm T Huck. We'll see you later.